0: So this is probably the hardest thing for me to talk about and to share. Uh, I met my ex-wife. Now we've been divorced over a year now, but I met her when I was 19 years old, and we fell in love and we dated a year and we were engaged a year. We got married in 1982. Okay, so uh, we were both 21 years old when we got married. Janet had just finished her senior year at Baylor and I just finished my junior year at Baylor and we got married. We were good evangelicals. I knew I was supposed to be a pastor and we waited till we got married to have sex. And we we were living faithful to each other our entire married life. But there were things in the marriage that were going on that weren't perfect. And there were things that we didn't really handle adequately as we should have. Um, but we loved each other and we were in ministry together and we were serving God together. And I think in general, we were happy. Um, but there were things that just weren't being dealt with that were there that were kind of underlying. And, and those just kind of went on and on and on and on. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But as our as our marriage went on, I you know there were just things that that started happening that kind of, I think probably emptied each other's cups. Like I remember one thing was that when we started the church, we both worked full time to get the church going, and my uh, ex-wife was children's pastor at the new church for the first thirteen years of the church. We were both working in the church full time, and really apart from the church. We didn't really have much in common. I remember when we'd go out to eat for dinner or something like that, we would sit down and we would want to talk about something other than church because we were living church seven days a week, 24-7. As a pastor, you're always on call. You really, even though you might take a day off, you're really on call 24-7. And so that had been our lives for 13 years. And I easily worked over 80-hour weeks. And I can't remember how many hours she would have worked. But we just lived, eat, we lived. Eat, breathe, church, you know. So, I remember, we go out to dinner and we try to sit down and have, say, "Let's talk about anything but church," and then we just kind of stare at each other. And other than maybe her brother or my sisters or something like that, we didn't have much to talk about. And so, uh, I remember when we made a decision for her to get off the staff and to begin to try to bring some separation in our lives from our church world to our private world, which I think was an attempt at a healthy move, but nonetheless, there were, there were issues like that. Uh, One of the things that, uh, that was, was also challenging in our marriage was the the thing of having kids. And I won't go to any details there, but, but one of my greatest heartaches is just that I always have wanted to have kids. And that's always been a big, big heart issue for me. And I've cried a thousand tears over that issue. So so, I'm just saying that there were things in our marriage that were that were 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 there that made us vulnerable to issues at hand. and so here here I am, uh, well into our marriage. there's stuff going on. there's issues where um, we we weren't dealing with them adequately. and I now have this world of I'm burned out in ministry, I'm literally trying to treat my insomnia with Xanax, and abusing alcohol. And there's issues in the marriage that aren't what they should be. And I, in the fall of 2017, uh, I think under the influence of Xanax, alcohol, insomnia, and all of that together, and the marriage issues that we weren't dealing with adequately, and I wasn't dealing with adequately, in the fall of 2017, I was sexually unfaithful to my wife, that was the first time that ever happened. I'd never been that way before in the marriage. Some people wondering, well, was this a pattern? And, it, you know, it wasn't, but, uh, but I was vulnerable and I did under the influence, of I had insomnia, alcohol, Xanax, ministry burnout. I did, uh, I sinned, I compromised. I went against my own values. Um, I committed adultery. And then when when that happened and, and when it happened, I didn't tell people and I hid that behavior for over a year, about like from the early fall of 2017 till when I went to rehab in November of 2018. I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. It was against my personal values. It was against my biblical values. It was against my leadership values. You know, I compromise, I'd sinned, and, and I hid it, and I just hid the behavior. I didn't want to tell anybody, and so this was my sin. if those of you who are listening to this, I know one of the caveats that I've done in the first two videos, and I, I say it here again, um, you know, through these actions that I don't give any excuse for, it's my fault, I want to own that behavior and just confess it to you as sin. and want to ask your forgiveness. If you felt personally hurt or disappointed by my behavior at this point, especially my uh, unfaithfulness in my marriage, I certainly want to ask for your forgiveness. And I would encourage you, if you were deeply hurt by it, to see a therapist. And if you and your therapist think it would be helpful for me to make amends to you, I'd be happy to do that. I've, I've done that with many, many people at this point, a few hundred people, several hundred people at this point. I've done that one-on-one. And so certainly would offer that as well and just ask for your forgiveness in that situation. And so um, I went to rehab in November 2018. And I still had not told anybody about uh, my sexual unfaithfulness when i was in rehab like on the third or fourth day i was there they let me call my wife and i was on four rehab drugs when i called my wife and our conversation was really short and really quick and i was still detoxing and on these detox drugs and i in a very very poor and inappropriate way ended up confessing my moral failure to my wife and so It was traumatic, I know, for her, certainly probably traumatic for anybody that she would have told. certainly wasn't uh, a part of my lifestyle or my track record, but I did have that little over a year period of time when when I was just hiding that behavior. And so uh, it was while I was in rehab. I was in rehab for 120 days. It was while I was in rehab, I wasn't really able to talk to my wife too many more times. We called a couple more times. I certainly asked her to forgive me. I let her know I wanted to work on the marriage. But while I was in rehab for those 120 days from November, 2018 through February, 2019, it was there that my board of directors asked for my resignation. And I did resign from Vineyard Church as the senior pastor because I had failed to live up to the leadership standards of the church. And then it was also at this point where while I was in rehab, my wife had filed for divorce. And so when I came out of rehab, I was uh, moved. You know, I went home and uh, she'd already moved a bunch of stuff out of the house. And I had to get the house up for sale. I had to hire a divorce lawyer. You know, it, You know, 2019 was easily... The darkest year of my life, and all because of the consequences of my bad behavior, and I literally, you know, lost a 37 year marriage in 2019. I lost my career, at least for for a season in 2019. I I I really lost uh, a sense of community, my church home, the family that I was identified with and built. And in some ways, I even lost my faith at least my faith felt shattered. I kind of felt like uh, and those were feeling words. I kind of felt like i was an atheist. I mean intellectually, I've never identified as an atheist, but certainly emotionally, I was feeling super angry, super lost, super uh, alienated from myself and from God and obviously from my my wife and even from key people in my life. So dark, dark year, 2019. And uh, that kind of is probably where most of you left the story at that point. So that's kind of all that led up to my meltdown. And in 2019, I've written some blogs that you might want to read that kind of go into a little bit more detail about, uh, about how I went through and how I experienced 2019 emotionally. But, um, what I'm going to be doing in the next two videos is how am I doing now? Because honestly, that's probably the big question I've bumped into personally, one, you know, bumped into people over a thousand people just randomly in the Northland and around the city. And that's probably the number one question people have asked me is how am I doing? And so in the next two videos, I want to really pick up kind of in the meltdown of 2019, coming home from rehab and going through all of those losses, pick up from there, talk about how I've really done this last year from, say, mid-2019 all the way up till now. And so we'll be covering that, how spread doing in the next couple of videos. I just want to thank you for taking time to uh, sit and listen to this and to join me on this journey. And I do want to just say a couple of quick things. One about burnout. And that is that take it seriously. I mean, if you're in a a situation where particularly pastors, if you're listening to this and you're in ministry burnout, realize that it can affect your whole world. And there are so many resources. I didn't access the resources that I could have accessed. So that's on me but you have resources. Most pastors have resources today. And unfortunately, a lot of us just don't reach out for them when we need them or we put extra pressure on ourselves or we think we can power through it, which I always thought I could power through everything. So just realize there is a limit to how much you can power through and you don't always bounce back back from everything. I think the other thing about marriage, people literally, even the last year, have asked me, well, is there anything you could have done? I just say this, one thing I did, I've I've done marriage counseling with hundreds of couples through the years, as you can imagine. I've done weddings for, you know, I can't, I can't even remember how many weddings I've done, but many, many weddings and lots of marriage counseling. One of the things I always talk to couples about is that um, God is the only one that can meet our deepest needs, right? But if you think about a cup and uh, you have two cups and the cup represents how full you feel in terms of your needs being met. And so God can only meet your ultimate needs. But then if you're married, you can be a secondary need meter in each other's lives. And that, that cup can be full. It can be half empty. It can be almost empty. And what I've watched with couples is that if your cup is empty in your relationship, in your marriage, and you feel like your needs aren't being met, then that creates a very vulnerable person. And what I've watched is that when your needs are not being met in your marriage and you feel like your cup is empty, if another person from the outside comes and gives you attention, meets those needs that aren't being met by your spouse, um, it's an easy setup for an affair. And so that typically is what happens in most affair situations. And so I would just encourage you if your cups are empty or one or the other or both are empty, the path to fix that is counseling. And it's interesting. My parents grew up in an era where married couples didn't go to counseling. And my parents have been married now over 60 years. Not that they couldn't have used it. I'm sure they would probably tell you they could have gone and should have probably gone to counseling many, many times. They didn't have a perfect marriage. Nobody does. But... Uh, what I believe is that anytime you hit difficulties, and almost all married couples do at some point or another, get to counseling, go to counseling. Here I was giving counseling, but we didn't go to marriage counseling ourselves. And so I would challenge you just to get into good counselors where both of you feel comfortable with the counselor and commit to the counseling and commit to the work that it takes uh, in sharing your marriage with at least another outside third-party objective person that I think a professional counselor is the best way to go. But just want to encourage you in that and encourage you in your marriages and appreciate all of your prayers. So many people have told me that you've been praying for me and and for uh, my ex-wife and just the whole situation. So I appreciate it. I thank you for that. And I look forward to seeing you again. So Lord bless you as we close this video for today.